catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey everybody, it's December 8th, 2023. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined tonight by Matt Kuhn, and we are talking about SmackDown, CM Punk, making his return to SmackDown for the first time in forever, and it was tribute to the troops. They combined it with a regular SmackDown this year. First time in a long time. It's been its own separate show, usually airing midweek, and uh, it made for a really unique episode of SmackDown tonight. Absolutely. It was fun. Uh, it was different. And plus, we had some uh, news-making things that kind of kicked off WrestleMania season a little bit early today, too. So even though it kind of, in in one sense, was an uneventful show, in another sense, it was very eventful. Yes. Oh, my God. It's it's interesting that it, it felt uh, like a tribute to the troops usually has a really, I mean, obviously a very patriotic vibe, but usually it's a fun sort of house show energy. It's WWE's chance to give back. And the first hour really captured that to a great extent. And then CM Punk showed up. And then he didn't leave. It was it was Phil's journey for the rest of the evening, just popping up backstage, appearing everywhere, interacting with folks. It uh, if you felt like they used him sparingly on his raw appearance tonight, well, you definitely had your Phil. Of Phil, that's a great that's <laughs> a great pun right there. It was definitely a much different approach. You know, in the one sense, they cut uh, some time from CM Punk on Monday Night Raw. He didn't have as much time. But in the other sense, maybe they learned their lesson a little bit. And they said, hey, maybe we should approach SmackDown a little bit differently. And it paid off. You know, WWE is in the business now of improving from their mistakes. And it's a really cool thing to see. They they learn and they move on. And it's very different. And I think it was effective. And I think it was smart that they promoted CM Punk's appearance tonight. Because, um, like I said earlier, tribute to the troops, even though it's a very important show for WWE, it's uh, something they're immensely proud of. And they put a lot of effort into every year. In terms of ratings, it does have that sort of house show exhibition vibe. So it's telling everyone CM Punk's making an appearance tonight really built up that this was going to be more than just, um, you know, a celebratory give back end of year show. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a, a different vibe. I normally miss the tribute to the troops because it's not canonical, canonical. It's yes. not storyline related. And so, you know, it's just an exhibition. And But this one was uh, kind of, um, you know, if you want to know what's going on in the next few months, this was the SmackDown to watch. Uh, so we do have one piece of news before we dive in, and that's Okada. Uh, he's reportedly open to leaving New Japan Wrestling when his current deal expires next year. And the prevailing belief is that WWE could be in the leading position to acquire as a talent uh, as his talents. Per Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week, WWE's long expressed an interest in Okada. And, you know, the feelings might not be mutual. Uh, he's got something lined up with TNA uh, in January at the Snake Eyes taping, but WWE is really uh, making a push. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Um, if you look at, if I'm Okada, I picked WWE. You know, he was brought in for an appearance for AEW recently, and it was a very slapdash kind of appearance that didn't make a dent in the ratings. Maybe didn't treat him 
you know, uh, the way he could have been as far as a buildup. And then at the same time, you see the way that Cody Rhodes has been presented in WWE. You see the way CM Punk has been uh, treated and in, in, in presented in WWE. And uh, it's a world of difference. So if I'm Okada, you know, it probably comes down to the work schedule. If you can do the work schedule, mm. you choose WWE. And uh, I'd be interested to know, though, you know, TNA supposedly made a serious offer to CM Punk. I would love to know what dollar range they're scraping with some of these higher end offers now. You know, probably I have no idea, you know, like I would assume that the Punk deal is uh, over a million dollars a year for WWE. And I would doubt that Impact was, you know, any more than a a quarter of that. That's just Mm. a pure guess. I'd be curious to know. I mean, with WWE, you know, maybe given that his stock was a little tarnished after the way he left AEW, they got him on a bit of a discount. And I think given what he's done for the ratings, given what he's done for just online speculation, people talking during what is typically the slowest time of year for professional wrestling, they're certainly getting their money's worth. But yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see, uh, you know, what a top impact deal is compared to AEW, compared to WWE. Um, But tonight we had tribute to the troops coming from Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, JBL was back on commentary, which took a little getting used to. Yeah, you know, he's not bad. He's good at it. You know, Um, he can make some insightful comments and he can get you swept up in the in the make-believe world of professional wrestling, you know, uh, sometimes he, you know, may say a thing or two that can push you off. But the thing. generally, I don't have I don't have any trouble with him as a commentator. Generally, I don't think. I mean, it was interesting tonight. He was actually, to his credit, a little more familiar with the product than I thought he would be. You know, when he did that uh, NXT intro for the Iron Survivor qualifiers. Like that was JBL reading. JBL had no clue who any of those talents were. Uh, it seemed very forced. But tonight, he seemed a little, at least a little familiar with uh, most of the people in the ring. In his defense, there's a lot of wrestling on these days. It is yes. hard to keep track of everybody. I can't watch SmackDown, Raw, NXT, uh, Rampage, Collision, Dynamite. I'm not watching that all. And I doubt uh, JBL watches three wrestling shows a week, too. That's That's ludicrous. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, but we opened tonight with the War and Treaty singing God Bless America. Um, Michael Cole, JBL, and Kevin Patrick were on commentary. And, of course, we had the men and women of the armed services in attendance tonight. Um, Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee opened the show. First round match for the United States Championship Tournament. And Dominic Mysterio was there watching on as Santos picked up the win. Good match, Dragon Lee. Uh, definitely, to me, is someone that they're willing to be the next, you know, maybe Rey Mysterio, but definitely kind of a, the next big deal. And I think to do that, you know, you know, Santos Escobar had his nice little heel turn with Rey Mysterio, but I'm not sure he's really catching fire. Um, hmm. You know, if they had brought in Dominic, you know, why bring in Dominic, you know, if Santos is kind of the great foil for what's going on? I think... Uh, Dragon Lee and, and uh, Dominic Mysterio, I need to see more of that. I think they did some stuff in NXT. I'm not sure, but I, I need to see that match. Uh, Shabowski saying Dragon Lee losing without Dom interfering made zero sense. Um, yeah, no, a deadline. So tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, we're going to have Rey Mysterio there with Dra- in Dragon Lee's corner when Dragon Lee takes on Dominic Mysterio for the NXT North American Championship. 
Ah, yeah, I don't follow NXT that closely, so. Oh, um, it's so good, dude. Good, good for the, you know, they burned me, man, you know, like, they had the black and yellow, and then they just blew it up and turned it to just a, a, a world of, of colors. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was awful, and um, I've tried to watch recently, but I think it's just too much wrestling, man. I think I'm just going to stick with, uh, like, three shows, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, deadline should be good tomorrow. I think uh, there's going to be some interesting matches. I'm very curious to see. I think Baron Corbin might win the NXT Championship tomorrow off Ilya Dragunov. Could be uh, quite an upset win, but it seems like they're telegraphing it. And uh, very interested to see how the women's Iron Survivor match turns out and who the new number one contender is for the NXT Women's title. So it'll be good. But tonight... Um, Dominic at ringside was good. I like JBL saying that, that he's, he's comparing him to Gandhi. That was fun. Um, yeah, JBL definitely knows how to uh, just sort of pile on with the hyperbole. And um, I think, you know, you have to wonder with the WWE booking math, did Dragon Lee lose tonight because he's winning tomorrow? Did he lose tonight because he's losing tomorrow? And they're going to say he was softened up before the match with Dominic. Is Santos maybe going to help Dominic Mysterio tomorrow? This was very interesting how they used the first round of this tournament to crown a new number one contender for the U.S. title. How they use this to set up even further this NXT match tomorrow. So it was a fun opener, but I think it's going to be... It's going to be fun. And yes, speculation is that uh, Los Lotharios or Los Lobos Locos, as uh, Issa and I have been calling them, because they're werewolves now, Matt, in NXT. Um, they haven't they're transformed. Great, they're, they're great talents, you know? Yes. Uh, the Lotharios. They're great talents. Like, yes. I can see them and Escobar becoming a very, uh, very good act together. Yeah, I think that'll be good. And that's the, the speculation of where that's going. So this was a fun opening match tonight. A uh, good start to the show, but Santos, yeah, since he's turned heel, is getting that getting that push. Um, Randy Orton was fined last week for hitting Nick Aldis with the RKO, so he paid not the fine of fifty thousand, but paid a fine of a hundred thousand dollars just to prepay ahead for the next time it happens. Brian Danielson is out of control. He is out of control. He's now finding people in both companies, not just AEW. Yeah, that was a fun little segment, although. It did seem a little high, you know what I'm saying? Like 50, <laughs> you know, like, you know, the, your average person, I don't think makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. So, you know, when you got the baby face, just throwing away a hundred thousand, that's maybe not as cool as you think it is. Yeah. It's tough to quantify. I would love to know the backstage discussion about like, well, 10,000. No, no, no. That's too small. And we got to make them look like a superstar. 50,000, mm, yeah, so, you know, like I'm sure there was debate about this. Well, you got to make it hurt, you know, you got to make it hurt yeah. uh, to find, because you can't just have talent running around RKOing the general managers, you know. If you don't set an example for that, it's bedlam. It's bedlam back it's there. It's true. I mean, we so, wonder why Tony Khan feared for his life, you know. Because he does not have a fine system in place, but maybe he does now. <laughs> but I doubt he's finding people... Fifty thousand uh, dollars, because you know, I mean, to him, fifty thousand dollars, five hundred bucks is kind of the same thing, really. You know? Well, yeah, for TK, uh, but uh, yeah, disciplined daddy Daniel Bryan, though Brian Danielson, uh, who knows what what fines he's given out? Those monetary fines for social media conduct. He's gonna make anybody instead of finding the money, he makes them plant a tree. Oh, there you go. That's kind of nice. Yeah, kind of ties into his his ethos. You, plant, you, you know, plant a tree every time. You do a passive-aggressive tweet about AEW, you have to plant a tree. <laughs> yeah. New version of the swear jar. There we go. Uh, so we heard from Cody Rhodes tonight. And uh, he was out there to, to thank the uh, all the troops for attending. 
it was nice. It was nice to see Cody. He had a very, very nice moment with the crowd tonight. Cody keeps the momentum going. Cody, you know, I talked about this on Monday on Raw on the Raw post show. Cody has had not a ton of awesome stuff to do. He is being perpetuated by the belief of Cody Rhodes. And mm-hmm. uh, the fans who initially were like, oh, the AEW guy, or oh, the old guy, or oh, the new star, or however they saw him when he first arrived, have grown to love Cody Rhodes. Like, you can see obvious affection and interaction going both ways. And Cody is connected to the audience of WWE unlike any other wrestler in WWE right now. And uh, it it's a testament to his hard work, his belief in himself, and his energy that he just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is where I was like, okay, you know, this followed up with Bobby Lashley getting an obvious win over Karrion Cross, but them talking about Bobby's service record was like, okay, this is going to be a very feel-good show, but maybe not the biggest story development SmackDown that we've ever seen. Um, but Bobby versus Karrion, what's up with Cross, man? Um, I think he's just they're just coasting now until we get a repackage and a repush because tonight, I mean, we we barely see him, and he ain't winning these matches. I, I like Karrion Cross. Uh, Love it. Killer Cross. I've, I've known, you know, interviewed him a long time ago. Um, for him i hope they figured out but to me it looks like like a re a re-release you know what i'm saying like they don't have anything for him you know they yeah they they don't put any stock in him and when you start bringing guys to tv that you only see once in a while just to lose that's never a good sign that the repackage is coming you know like that's never a good sign that's a good repackage this is a guy that someone in wwe does not see uh, the value in that a lot of other people do what if it's a reverse Samson, and if he just sh- shaves his hair, he'll be strong again and start winning matches? Well, I think when he was sh- had the hair shaved before, he wore the demolition outfit. We're going to pretend and, that never happened. Dude, like, <laughs> just so terrible. This poor guy. You know, I think if they consulted him and they said, okay, how would you like your character to be presented? I think that's a good st- starting point. They're going with the old NXT, you know, presentation, but then, you know, just getting squashed rude by Bobby Lashley, which is probably the right move, you know, it doesn't seem like Carrion uh, is kind of uh, like he's got a lot of big things for WrestleMania season to look forward to. Yeah, it's it's tough uh, for him right now, but I, th- I hope he gets a repackage in the year because I think the guy's got a lot of talent. Um, him, him losing to Bobby, though. And Bobby should have absolutely won this match, not just because of the crowd they were in front of, but I think uh, given the run he's been on, which is interesting because with the Street Profits, when it was first clear that Bobby and the Street Profits were going together, you thought, man, this is going to be great for the Street Profits. They're going to have Bobby manage them in their corner. And this has turned into a Bobby Lashley push. It's fine. It doesn't hurt the yeah. Street Profits. Like, you know, there there's still this tag team that's being presented as an upper tier tag team. Of course, Bobby Lashley, this I think this was supposed to be a heel faction. Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley continuing his streak of being the most miscast person in WWE. They never seem to do the thing with him that would make the most sense. The fans, you know, last week it started. This week was ridiculous because of the armed forces connection and them leaning into it. Uh, but you know, from him not having a WrestleMania match last year to, to this year where he is being cheered to 
you know, his sisters when he first we're, came we're, in. We got to pretend that never happened. And then, like, <laughs> Lana, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. This guy, and, and, and even the start, stop, start, stop of the Hurt Business, this guy is perpetually miscast, perpetually underused. He took a, he was a slow starter in wrestling. Don't get me wrong. Like, his first run in WWE wasn't awesome and you looked at him and you said well god look at him like he's got to be something and he figured it out while he was away from WWE he is ready now and he is an ace in the hole they you use him whenever they want mm-hmm. but they should take advantage of it because I can think of a variety of WrestleMania matchups for Lashley that are appealing oh yeah um I'll tell you though given his service connection and the push he got tonight if Lacey Evans could have just held on another year tonight could have been the night the repackage finally went over with the audience. No, still would have died. Still would have just died a slow death. It's one of the uh... weirder stories, man. Coming out of NXT was so, thought she had so much potential on the main roster. You know, sometimes, I'm not saying this is the case with Lacey Evans. I don't know. But sometimes you can just look at someone's history and say, maybe they're hard to work with, you know? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe in professional wrestling, yeah. Matt, those people yeah. exist. Like I know with a musician, if you see a musician who's played with everybody, you go, "Oh my God, he played with yeah. this person and that person, this person." My God, how good is he? That means he doesn't get along with people. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's true. I mean, or or there's the case that you know, like uh, when every member of Guns and Roses turns to Steven Adler and says, "Dude, we think you have a problem with substance abuse." Imagine getting yeah. kicked out of Guns N' Roses for drugs, you know? <laughs> Imagine, like, how much drugs is that to get kicked? Like, Slash is in your band, you know what I'm saying? Like, Duff McKagan is in your band. How do you get kicked out of Guns N' Roses for drugs? I'll do you one better. How, how, do, how, do, how, how, do, uh, how are you in Metallica and you're like, hey, hey Dave Mustaine, we kind of think you got a bit of a personality and attitude problem. <laughs> You know, luckily Dave Mustaine got over it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, but he still misses his little Dutch joke. friend Lars. He is so not over it. I know. I just uh, think of that scene in in uh, the documentary. Yeah, Megadeth is an amazing band because uh, it's the most platinum records that have ever been sold purely because of spite. And he's still bummed because it's not what Metallica did. You don't get over it, bro. You don't get over. I know the band you started, just being the biggest band ever. And then, like, you know, he's not a good singer. We have a band right now at my music school doing a Megadeth song, uh, Tornado of Souls is the name of the mm. song. And, um, you know, it's not Metallica. It's fine. It's fine metal. But it's amazing just with pure desire, spite, and resentment, the success he was able to get and still not enjoy a single moment of it is an amazing testament to Dave Mustaine. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, of uh, the band with damage control tonight, Bailey volunteered to stay in the back during Asuka's match against Charlotte Flair tonight. Dakota Kai and the rest of Damage Control are going there. That's kind of dicey, you know. Brian Wilson sending Glenn Campbell out to replace him on the Beach Boys tour wasn't long before Brian Wilson wasn't touring with the Beach Boys and then wasn't in the Beach Boys for a period of time. Bailey being, oh, I'm going to stay back. It's really not going to be surprising when the group decides maybe we don't need Bailey. Well, Bailey doesn't need to be deaf in one ear like Brian Wilson to uh, to realize what's going on as far as the canon goes. Like I said last Friday, I think that I think this is all leading to four horsewomen. You know, yeah. this is all leading to 
a four horsewoman or maybe back up three horsewomen and Bianca maybe. But I think, you know, Mercedes returning and this being the match against the damage control who maybe by then will have all the gold. I think it's a perfect uh, thing because otherwise, why kick Bailey out? What, what you got waiting for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they don't get Mercedes back, you know, uh, and Bianca's the backup, she'll be like the Jeff Lynn of the Beatles, you know, just like, ah, I'm just here to fill in a little bit because we don't have all of them. Uh, but no, I think, um, sorry, we're just going to, folks, we're going to be really obnoxious with the music references now all, that we've started. All music today. Yeah, all yeah music. just all music references. Um, anyhow, uh, CM Punk came out tonight. And I have to admit, when if you would tell me CM Punk's coming out during Tribute to the Troops, I would be like, this sounds really not like yeah but uh this is where raw or this is where smackdown took a turn tonight where it the first hour felt like tribute to the troops and the second hour was the cm punk show smackdown um cm punk came out and they're making this big deal which brand is he going to go to is he going to go to raw is he going to stay on smackdown he's talking to hbk maybe he's going to go to to nxt i would love to see that happen it'll never happen but i would love to see that happen um but what what do you think before we talk about the contents of this promo what do you think about this idea that you know he's calling out roman reigns he's calling out seth rollins uh he's even talking about you know randy orton teaming with him teaming with la Knight, even talking about kevin owens maybe they can have a career versus shirt match uh so him and owens can finally squash that beef from uh 20 years ago um but what do you think about this idea that there's oh my god all this anticipation about which brand CM Punk's going to go to? Smart. Um, you know, number one, no one cares. Like, no one ever has cared who signs with what brand. No one cares. Doesn't matter. Saw Cody Rhodes on, and Dominic Mysterio on SmackDown tonight. Nobody cares what brand you're with. As far as CM Punk goes and their approach to it, you know, the thing that we all thought, right, which is kind of CM Punk's deal, is he gets WWE and he starts just pipe bombing his way through and a lot of, you know, over-the-top comments. Oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. But because, number one, of, of the NDAs, but also number two, maybe we're just, maybe that's not the right deal now. Uh, CM Punk returned to WWE and immediately attached himself to WWE canon. He just got in the universe. He came back and he's back in the universe and any gripe he has are with the wrestlers who were there, not the management, not yeah. the other company he used to work with, not the world at large, but his, his beef are with wrestlers in the company and nobody's really noticed, you know, that that's what he's done. He's done it from day one and it happened with the Seth Rollins reaction uh, outside the ring. Very, very smart. They have fans clamoring for Seth oh, yeah. Rollins versus CM Punk, and neither one has really mentioned the other on air. It is just, uh, and it's so smart what they're doing. People are clamoring for a match, and um, they haven't really even teased it yet on, on air. Yeah, although Seth's doing that SI interview uh, today with Sports Illustrated, the, the drop Fantastic. where he's talking about CM Punk. Fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're, they know how to work the media on this. This is... Um, one of the smartest built matches and feuds that they've done in quite some time. Although I do have to say tonight, he didn't mention maybe he'll make his choice in the city he walked out of when he walked out of WWE. He did talk about some of the people up top and in the back who he's you know been a thorn in their side. 
Um, this felt like that. I mean, and when he came to AEW, when he came back to wrestling, that first promo was very much a love letter to to professional wrestling and what it means to him. But he definitely ran the all shucks, just happy to be here, Phil Brooks, in into the ground. I think in AEW before he got into some real beef with people. I think this was smart tonight to have him come out, be gracious of the crowd, uh, gracious for the attention, but immediately do a little bit of a greatest hits run on some of the CM Punk that that people know and love. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But the craziest thing, okay, and credit to the person backstage that figured this out that when Kevin Owens was referenced that Kevin Owens had that spot a month ago where he punched out Austin Theory and Grayson Waller with one punch backstage credit to the person who said oh we can have CM Punk reference this and people think it's a reference to him supposedly sucker punching uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry backstage getting him fired from AEW when CM Punk said I don't know who'd want a tag team partner with somebody who goes around backstage punching people in the face in the year 2023. That was a masterful way to weave that in and have it be a double meaning. And you made a great point on Twitter about that. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Crickets. The the point you made was that because maybe because of the audience for tribute to troops, but there was not like this, any kind of reaction really. It was just your regular cheering reaction to CM Punk saying that thing. And your point was that it reflected poorly on AEW as opposed to poorly on Punk. Because if nobody cares, that means nobody cares about AEW. That's how I kind of read it. Yeah, well, you know, actually, I meant it a couple different ways. Because I, I was looking at him like, okay, so one is that, oh, my God, he's firing a shot at AEW. And then the shot, okay, that's one thing. That's just a wink and a nod. But then part of me was originally saying, yeah. What a burn to AEW that the audience was like, we don't know what you're referencing or talking about. But then I was also like, but that also blows back on Phil a little bit because that's his notoriety of what he did in AEW. Now it's the thing he's the most famous thing, perhaps, that he did in AEW, and people have no awareness of it. So it, it's a very interesting meta commentary that was meant to be that, that was meant to be his B Rabbit. Papa Doc went to Cranbrook. His real name's Clarence. And the crowd was just kind of like, my brother went to Claremont or your Cranbrook. What? It's it's a good educational institution. Right. It was just like the crowd was just kind of like, we don't get why this is an insult. I think they might have. The delivery wasn't great of it, number one. And it was the wrong crowd for that joke. You know? Yeah. This. Um, but I it, it is. Um, it's really interesting with CM Punk 
that he cannot say anything really more than that about yeah. AEW. But I think, you know, I don't know if they want to do this. I know WWE doesn't want to bring attention to AEW. No, but no. The, the, the loophole would be there's no stopping anybody else from talking about it oh, on screen true. to him. So Seth Rollins could talk about him punching Jungle Boy to his face. And CM Punk would just have to stay silent. Could you imagine people that that don't watch AEW, that don't know AEW, are going to hear out of context, well, so-and-so, when you punch Jungle Boy, people are going to be like, what in the hell is he talking about? This just sounds ridiculous. You know, I think more, I think wrestling fans keep up with wrestling as opposed to watch wrestling. So I think even though a large portion of the AEW audience watches WWE. I think a, lo- a, a small portion of WWE audience watches AEW regularly, but they're all aware of everything. Everybody is on the internet about everything. Yeah. There is no IWC. There's no casual fan. We are all Googling and Wikipediaing everything we watch. So I think if you're going to, if you're a WWE fan, you're not going to be like, I wonder where CM Punk's been. You know, they're going <laughs> to, he's going to look it up. You know, they're going to be like, oh crap. Dude got in a fight and probably you know it before. Yeah. Um, although fights. it would okay, so you know what would be awesome that they could do now though, given the merger, is if Seth Rollins, like, let's look at some of the highlights of the last 10 years of your career and shows like him getting clobbered in UFC. And then the joke is let's show some of the highlights of your AEW career, and then it's just a black screen. That that would be funny, you know, or or uh let's show a footage of uh, a very famous fight you were in and then just show him getting knocked knocked out that would be good yeah Yeah. by uh mickey yeah um man i watched that reality series about his ufc training i was very excited for his ufc debut dude you know what people don't give enough credit like michael jordan right michael jordan played double a ball right yeah and everybody's like what a failure no no dude came out of high school had not played uh, baseball in a decade, goes and bats 200 or whatever with like 50 stolen bases and double-A balls. Like, dude was going to be a 300 hitter in the major leagues if he gave gave another year. So CM Punk by no means is a failure. He worked his ass off. He made it his job. He did his best. He lacked the physical tools, and he lacked the age to make an impact in the UFC. But I bet he could kick a lot of people's ass and oh yeah yeah no no one can take that away from him like anybody most people who criticize him for that wouldn't do one-tenth of what he did to be such Absolutely. a quote-unquote failure and just to be clear you know i i say this because i this is what i do it's my job to just make jokes and smarky remarks about things but uh cm punk looks fantastic good haircut looks younger now than he did six months ago in aew he's, he's got some issues with the hair you know like and... he's got a full head of hair but he just his cuts aren't great. And so this last cut, I'm for it. He also looked like he put on a little bit of weight since the last time we saw him in, in AEW. But he looks good, though. He's in good shape. We He went through the UFC training. And meanwhile, I think, uh, you know, the high point of my week is that I learned that you could make peanut butter fudge just out of Jif peanut butter and a jar of vanilla frosting. If you mix them together in a microwave and let it cool, you've got peanut butter fudge. He's in front of a you know crowd of tens of thousands. Information I did not need, but will probably uh, access at some point. Yeah, dude, dangerously good. I tried some before, went on the air, and I was like, I have to stop eating this, or I'm going to eat this entire tray of two-ingredient so peanut butter fudge. Yeah, it was so good. good. Yeah. Well, how's the air fryer working out? Did you hook it up? I hadn't even gotten out of the box yet. 
I I let mine sit in the box for six months, but I have to tell you, once I started using it now, I can't stop. This is what I cook. I I have a beautiful oven. I cook everything in the Cuisinart convection oven still with the air frying technology. I do a lot of door dashing. Yeah, I I finally stopped doing that. I, I, I dude, like I stopped for like last month for like a month. I made a fortune. Like I saved so much money. <laughs> yeah, just, all right. It is so like thousands of dollars. Not just, oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, thousands of dollars. So I got to get off it because you know I think I just ordered a Mexican dinner for like thirty five bucks that would cost like fourteen bucks to order. Yeah, eight bucks to make, and I'm not rich, Glenn. So it's not really. Oh, good I, feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I look at what we spent on DoorDash one month, and I'm like. This is insane. I, I need to find the energy to cook again. Dude, I'm not. I'm not adding up those numbers ever. Yeah, yeah. Never, never, never do that. It's never. kind of the thing. Uh, we live in Vegas, and everyone around us has a pool. And then we were like, maybe we'll get a pool. And then I read something that said, calculate what your cost per swim will be, and you won't want to buy a pool. You know, because that those are some pricey swims. Unless you're using, yeah, even if you're using it every day, you know. Uh, so CM Punk tonight highlight of the show and if you thought that after all of this so he's you know he's going to uh you're going to be seeing him on raw who knows he could be in the audience of nxt tomorrow night but he wasn't done tonight we saw more of cm punk backstage walking around making friends influencing people shaking hands asking for directions we'll talk about all that uh but then we had oscar with damage control oscar with this like grinch inspired design with the like going in like this is this is freaking me out a little bit like she looks like deadly being a face painted wrestler is probably more fun you know oh yeah because you get to be get to experiment you know and like i think i remember hawk and animal used to have different patterns and then one day they just happened upon the pattern they would stay with forever but i think it's fun you know like sting would have different patterns every time and i think uh asuka uses her face as a artistic palette Oh, it's great. When she came back looking like a, a glossed up juggalo, like that was phenomenal. That's still my favorite. I just saw wrestling. what's the juggalo I just saw wrestle? Uh, uh Violent J. Yes. I just saw him and Effie wrestle yeah. together against George South. Violent J, man, he's made a health comeback. He, you know, two years ago he wasn't gonna tour anymore because of heart conditions, but I guess you know, diet exercise and the right meds. And, and uh and he's charging 50 bucks an autograph, so good for him. Yeah. Oh, I paid uh, 85 bucks to meet Shaggy 2Dope backstage a few months ago in Vegas. And so I have to like, say, like, uh, it, yeah, it was worth it. He was super nice. We talked for like 15 minutes about wrestling and other stuff. ICP find, needs... What's that? Did you find out how magnets work? Okay, so my plan for the photo, I talked about this with my wife. I said, I'm going to get a large magnet, and I'm going to have him sign that, and then get a photo where he's holding the magnet looking puzzled with me. And then my wife said, you're going to end up with a photo where he's strangling you with the magnet. And I said, even better. Uh, but I couldn't find a comically oversized magnet in time. I was very bummed. Visually, it's hard to, to get the point of magnet across. Well, you have the cartoon, the big red horseshoe. The big with red the... one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. that. But then I had this idea the day of. If I had it a day sooner, I could have Amazon primed it. You know, it would have been great. I, I think it's better you didn't. Yeah, it's probably better. He he was exceptionally nice, though. Uh, But ICP, I was telling them, they have to do something in AEW because they're like, they've done every other major promotion in the last 30 years. They have to do it at some point. I'll never forget that poor guy sliding off that bus when Mike (laughs) Awesome powerbombed him. He just died. He just died. 
Yeah. Uh, Stephen Camp, yes, I would love to do an interview with ICP. Uh, Violent J, Shaggy, separate together, whatever. Um, yeah. ICP always had a soft spot since uh, the Vertal Box album. Absolutely love them. Love what they've done in wrestling. I think they're incredibly entertaining. But uh, let's talk about uh, Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. So we kind of got a lot of the interference stuff out of the way ahead of time when we had Shotzi and Bianca coming out. We saw um, uh, Mia Yim coming out. So we saw this all sort of break down before the match started to clear the way for the Sasuke versus Charlotte match. And rightfully so. I mean, they were touting like this was a WrestleMania match. This was a big deal. They were doing this on free TV with them. But during a commercial break, Charlotte got injured. Um, you didn't, I didn't really pick that up from the TV match. I thought the ending was kind of abrupt with Bailey popping up and doing a distraction. I was surprised Charlotte lost. I wonder if that, I assume that was the original idea. Um, but if she was running through damage control, a win might have made more sense. But I look, I hope Charlotte's okay. I've seen conflicting things, uh, but the the predominant opinion seems to be something happened with her knee. So I really hope Charlotte is okay. But you could see that she was a little strained towards the end of this match. Hope she's okay. I go back with uh, with members of her family, and uh, I've spent oh, yeah, some right. time spent some time with her, and um, she is a great person and a great wrestler. Hope she's okay. A uh, great match, good match. What a ludicrous ending, you know. Uh, roll up, distraction, roll up, just kill it dead. Yeah, um, but that again, that might have been due to the injury because there might have been a better plan. But yeah, you know, because I was just rolling my eyes. I didn't realize the injury until later, um, like yeah. Mike Knox would. Um, you know, uh, that was a Mike Knox joke right there. Um, but um, hopefully, she's okay. Yeah, no, we hope she's okay. Uh, good match for what we saw of it, but yeah, the ending definitely showed something might have been up. Um, Nick Aldis backstage was handing CM Punk an envelope. Cody Rhodes walked in, and uh, both these men need to win the Royal Rumble to do what they want to do to headline WrestleMania. And CM Punk said as much during his promo. I mean, it very much seems like, as has been widely speculated on this podcast and probably a hundred others, we are going to have CM Punk versus Seth Rollins night one as the co-main event. And then Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes night two. I guess, you know, I think, well, we've established that CM Punk isn't just going to walk into a main event that he is established that for him, the main event, he has to win the rumble. Like, yeah, you know, so they've kind of boxed that in a little bit. Of course they can break the box whenever they want. Man, that that other that other world championship is such a lame. It's such a lame duck, and I don't mm. know if people buy it as a world championship. It's definitely not like the matchup of Seth Rollins and CM Punk is a greater matchup than a matchup for that world championship. Like, it yeah, doesn't it doesn't need, need it. it. No, it doesn't help it. It actually diminishes it maybe a little bit because the big championship will be Cody and Roman on night two. I, I agree Punk is headlining night one. I'm not sure if it's against Seth uh, then, but it seems like if Punk's in the Rumble, he's not wrestling Seth at the Rumble. Yeah, so, which is interesting, you know, too. Yeah, so, so, you know, they're stretching out his appearances, whereas in AEW, Punk was willing to wrestle every single week, twice a week. Um, it seems that this contract may be more of a, of a per-appearance, you know, uh, they, they're counting the appearances because he was on Raw one week, SmackDown the next, probably not on SmackDown next week, you know, probably the pay-per-view week he'll be on both, you know, Yeah. but he's not wrestling 
Um, Punk also ran into Kevin Owens backstage and asked him for directions. That was fun. You know, Kevin Owens uh, has said, you know, if you read between the lines of what he has said about CM Punk, you know, he said, I just want where I work to be a fun place. You know, Mm. that's what he said, which is kind of like saying, oh, boy, it's kind of like saying that, you know. Well, and I I get it. I get it. And I think, I mean, look. I get it. His friends are the Bucks. Like, I get it. So if your friends are the guys that hate the guy, you're going to hear nothing but bad things about that guy. Well, I was going to say, you know, as a fellow Husky man, um, I still hold a grudge against the guy who was like, come on, dude, why are you wearing a T-shirt in a swimming pool? And I'm like, shut up. Um, So, you know, if Kevin wants to wrestle in a T-shirt, let him wrestle in a T-shirt, punk. Why do you have to give him a hard time? True, true. But uh, it, it, Kevin Owens always comes across as believable, always comes across as genuine on screen. And yeah. so... You know, if this was anybody else, you would say, oh, my God, look how serious he is. This is real. But with Kevin Owens, he's always like that. He's always so good and always so credible that yeah. it was a great moment backstage. I probably would have passed on the next one where he's just, like, walking up to L.A. Knight, you know. I uh, <laughs> was like, so what's up, L.A. Knight, you know, eating <laughs> eating catering with Ron Killings and, you know, you know, uh, push starting a car with Ron Strowman or whatever they have him doing back there, you know. He's stitching up outfits with Cody Rhodes and – Doing all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, I, I think to well, okay. Let me put this out there. Given the Seth thing, Punk's not going to SmackDown. Punk's going to Raw. So tonight was their chance to get him brushing shoulders with as much of the SmackDown roster as they could uh, to just maximize that. And the Cody thing was just a bonus to set up the very obvious mania trajectory. They should have had a pie fight. In a pie <laughs> fight, they get everybody out there. Yeah. Really cool pie fight. You know what? Actually, I think the last time I saw a food fight in anything was the Fourth of July, with Kevin Owens getting the pie in the face. I think that's the last time I've seen a food fight in contemporary media. We never found out who did it. Well, the Fashion Police did that pilot episode on the oh, WWE right. Network that looks like it was shot on an iPhone, um, and I believe they said it was. What did they say? Did they say it was the Rock or Vince McMahon? Now I can't remember. I know the Rock was the suspect. I think it was Jungle Boy. Yeah, there you go. Um, so let's talk about this main event. Randy Orton and LA Knight versus the Bloodline. What'd you think of this match? You know, it's your uh your you know, run a you know, run of the Mill Garden variety, you know, two top guys against the top team kind of thing. You know, really without Roman there. These are kind of the four biggest names on SmackDown. It was fine. <laughs> it told the story. You know, I got to tell you, like, I don't really get LA Knight. I never have. Interesting. Like, I don't dislike him. I don't think, I don't wish ill things upon him. However, I just look at this as something that can't really last and isn't really grounded and it, it, it's a it's a small it's like you know the patriot or something like that where it kind of catches fire for a while but then kind of dies out slowly you know was the, the, okay the reference yeah but that's good that's good you know the fans do like him but like what is he about what does he stand for what 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 are what are the reasons that people are compelled you know i think he just filled a vacuum at a time and he filled it very well so they got to figure out the kind of characterizations that they're doing on raw where they're really building these characters up um, to understand where they're coming from. We don't see that on SmackDown. That's something that LA Knight could definitely use. 
Yeah, and um, it's it's interesting about the motivation. I think so. Roman's returning to SmackDown next week. Uh, but I have to say, I mean, this tonight the main event. This felt like playing GM mode in WWE 2K23, and they're like, "Uh, yeah, your champion's not there this week, but so you can't, you don't have him for the main event." But Randy Orton's back. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, um, so you're gonna use that budget. You're going to put on a hell of a main event. Hopefully you'll get, you know, the stars you need to beat Raw this week in advance in GM mode. If the game doesn't crash and corrupt your saved game. I'd like if Jimmy and Solo were matching gear when they tag together. Oh, that'd be interesting. They're they're, they're visually, you know, it's weird visually because they are brothers. Yeah. So maybe they could rock some matching gear. I don't know. Um, Jimmy uh, still has not found his footing the way that Jay has. Um, Part of it is just the character he was given, you know. Yeah. The other, the other part of it is, you know, I think it's mostly that, like they're twins, you know. Like he probably could do the same thing Jay's doing, you know. Um, but uh, Solo's good. Uh, Randy Orton is already kind of settled into his elder statesman role, like he's kind of the top guy by default. So when Roman comes out next week, he'll be talking to him, or talking about him, or confronting him, or whatever that is. Um, it's fine. Uh, the troops seem to love it. Uh, didn't really move any storylines ahead. It was just like a hold this space till Roman comes back, like you were saying. Um, and I did love before Punk asked KO for directions. He was outside the Bloodline office looking at it wistfully. It was like like uh, those late nights where you're looking at your phone thinking about texting your ex. He's like, do I knock? No, it's going to be weird. You know, maybe I just stand outside and he'll run into me. I don't know. But it, uh, yeah, but Punk and uh, Heyman, that's going to be a good, good reunion when we see it. Yeah, I'm not sure that was such a great, you know, like that's not a great part of CM Punk's career, you know, like, yeah. I guess they can allude back to it, but like, they're going to retcon it though. Like it was some amazing yeah, thing. Like talking about like the Undertaker matchup when he's pouring oh, ashes yeah. all over himself and, you know, just, you know. <laughs> Axel, Curtis Axel and Ryback and, and, you know. It's- but WWE's great about this, though. Every look, every WWE superstar, they present them like they've always been cool. But it's like for the pipe for the pipe bomb, there were fifty things that you'd watch now and be like, "Oh no, that that's that wasn't good," you know, with CM Punk. Yeah, I'm gonna say the ashes was a low point for me. I think I think Paul Bear actually dying, and then him pretending mm. that those were his yeah. ashes didn't really hit for me. Not great. Not a great CM Punk moment. But I think, you know, towards the end of his run there, before people started to see, you know, that he was kind of trying to return to that CM Punk voice of the voiceless character. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know who we're getting now. It doesn't seem the voice of the voiceless. No. It it seems like the, uh, you know, the guy who wants to come back and take what's his, which is very similar, as he alluded to, the Cody Rhodes story. So... Hopefully they find a way to reconcile that. Knowing WWE creative these days, I believe they will. I think it, it seemed truly rebellious, punk, if you will, when he was doing the pipe bomb and some of the reality blurring stuff. Now it's a little bit more of like Bugs Bunny looking to the camera and saying, ain't I a stinker uh, with some of the stuff that he's saying. It, it is a little more, you know, lampshaded, very soft lobs but he knows how to poke the bear and get a rise out of people and look even though that aw illusion tonight 
dropped like a lead balloon in the crowd. Like everybody was talking about it on Twitter. There'll be a thousand articles about it from wrestling sites. People are going to go back and dissect that promo line by line. You know, he knows what he's doing. WWE knows what they're doing. Like there's, there's secondary and tertiary benefits beyond just what that live crowd does. Um, And it keeps people talking about it. And I think that WWE, I was going to say, you know, is so in love with their own hype that when they're like, Oh, it's the most social moment ever. Like I guarantee you, uh, you know, especially into the, the Nikon uh, TKO regimen, this is going to be a very data driven company and they're going to look and say, okay, what is it that's, that's getting these spikes? What is it that's getting these impressions? They did some of that, but the problem b- before is it was all overridden by Vince's gut feeling, which was as old and out of touch as it could possibly be. So I think we, we might, you know, I think they're going to see where they can walk that line without crossing it with him in the future, just to keep the buzz going. And I think it's something that hurts AEW, you know, is, is the opposite of that. They're yeah. very data driven. Um, they, if you talk to anybody in the company that's, you know, high enough up, they will always use numbers to justify mm. the most ludicrous thing possible. You know, um, I've seen it time and time again from a few people whose names you would know, like, you know, they really do love their numbers, but sometimes you got to go with gut feeling. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look above and beyond the numbers. Numbers don't lie. I totally agree with that. But, um, you know, to, to their detriment, they really get inside those numbers instead of just going with what, what's like, what makes the fans cheer, you know? Yeah. Uh, supposedly the Brian Danielson match and, and rampage was great tonight. I heard. I heard he gigged his eye. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, it's just... And that's the problem I have. It's like every time, you know, on the pay-per-views, I'll get into it, and then it's like, oh, now we're doing the... Like, the 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 spike crown in the hair. You know, like, different things where it's just, oh, this is very uncomfortable to watch. But, no, look, I think um, SmackDown was good. Randy Orton and LA Knight, the right call. But, yeah, this felt like a very fun house show match. Uh, but the good news is, with Roman Reigns back next week... We're in the build-up to the Royal Rumble, which means we're going to be on the road to WrestleMania. Um, like they're unpausing the biggest title and storyline. We'll get Randy Orton in the bloodline and some movement on that. Really starting next week with Roman back. And also, like this is not usually a time where we're really building up to the Rumble and building up to Mania. And, and yeah, they have I think noticed in years past that this is usually dead time for WWE. You know, this December is usually kind of rough. Um, and they're using it to build intrigue, you know, luckily, Mm -hmm. like you said, they got CM Punk in this time period. Um, and you know, you have the intrigue of, of Randy Orton with Roman and Cody with Roman. And I think Seth has some kind of title too, but like, you know, a lot of (laughs) intrigue there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. It was a different show, but a fun show. I like I like that they're laying it out a bit with CM Punk. We got we you know we're kind of over the fact that he's back, and now we're going to kind of see in the direction it's going to go in. Uh, he was great. Um, he did what he needed to do for his for the for the job he was hired to do. If you think about what his job is, his job is to make money. Promos are to make money. There's no better promo than he could have done tonight to make money for himself and the company he works for. Yeah. 
his original raw return that was just the let's get everybody's attention and set the stage that was uh that was uh the single the girl is mine with paul mccartney and michael jackson dude the girl is mine is a hot song i have i have kids so my kids right now we have our concert in january we have seven we're doing all seven singles from thriller wow so so because we're really good and uh and i'm ambitious so um the girl is mine a couple of my kids are doing that song is absolutely fire as a as a musical piece uh once you get inside all those parts i didn't really think a lot of it before but now i'm for it yes although you listen to the rest of thriller and you say what in the heck is this song doing on this album and i watched the great documentary matt do you know that that 40 years ago last week the music video for michael jackson thriller was released it's 40 I, years old the video i remember thinking at the time like it's not the best song but it's a great video oh and amazing in teaching the song there's a lot of parts to it but mm -hmm. there's a lot of repetition it's not the greatest song want to be starting something is a great song it's phenomenal but yeah this documentary what i loved about it it was all about the making of the record and they go song by song and how they made it process but I'll, i don't want to spoil but there's the scene where they start breaking down thriller from the drum pattern to the bass line to the synth line and it's like new appreciation for the song but i'll leave everybody with this you've heard thriller a million times and you think this is kind of a weird song they released the demo a few years ago of the original version and it was called starlight and if you want to hear how an iconic song almost wasn't an iconic song google that and listen to that original demo with the original lyrics it's very weird Anyhow, that's tonight for Wrestling Inc. Matt, this has been great. Hope we get to do this again soon. For sure. Uh, I'll, there's no podcast for Deadline tomorrow night, but I'll be watching, tweeting along. Follow me on Twitter, at Glenn Rubenstein. Matt is at Matt Coon Music. And everybody, have a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.